This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. One, two, three, break! Down the middle of the field, it is caught! Loose football! Who's got it? Down at the one-yard line! How about that? That is the ultimate kibosh. (laughs) (laughs) And we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast. I'm Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs. And we are coming to you with a special episode. I would say a very special episode. It is the week of the NFL Combine. The teams are already in Indianapolis. They are having organizational meetings. And the prospects arrive later in the week for their medical evaluations, interviews, and of course, everyone's favorite part, the Wonderlick test. No, uh, I'm joking. I'm talking, of course, about the on-field workouts where we finally get to see what these prospects are capable of, you know, physically at confirmed measurements in terms of height and weight. So, of course, there's the 40-yard dash, which everyone pays attention to, but there are a lot of other drills too, the vertical and the broad jumps, the 20-yard shuttle, the 60-yard shuttle, the three-cone, the bench press. It is the Underwear Olympics. I am so excited. And here to help me break it all down is Ian Harditz, the director of the Fantasy Labs NFL platform and an Action Network analyst. You can follow Ian in the Action Network app at iHarditz. You can also use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Ian, how's it going? Going good, man. I feel like the uh, combine snuck up a little bit on us this year since we're uh, you know two of the bigger AAF gens out there. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that combine's usually like, you know, first kind of bit of football we've had to bite into for about like a month after the Super Bowl. But, uh, oh, man, been, been doing nothing but scouring these props for the last few days and uh, really excited to get going with it. Yeah, it really did sneak up on us. But that is, uh, that's the danger of the AAF. Ian, you have been busy over the past day writing and researching in the prop betting market. A number of, uh, of props for the NFL combine have been released. So uh, we're going to look at the combine through the lens of these props, many of which we've written about at the Action Network. And of course, as more props make their way into the market, we will continue to cover them. I should say, we're going to have another podcast episode later this week in which we break down the AAF slate for this weekend. Ian, you will have plenty to say about that. But till then, everyone's just going to have to listen to me talk about some combine props. The combine schedule for this upcoming weekend for everyone who is going to be diligently watching it. On Friday, you have the running backs, the offensive linemen, and the kickers. On Saturday, you have quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. On Sunday, defensive linemen and linebackers. And then on Monday, the defensive backs. Ian, let's get into it here. Let's get into it here. And if you guys don't follow Matt already, I mean, the guy's writing a prop article every single day for the entire year. I don't think we could have had a more qualified person on here than Matt. So excited to get his take on all these. And the first thing we got to look at with any combine prop, can people break the record or not? Because if you can't be number one, I mean, what's even the point? So, <laughs> right, yeah, what's the point? <laughs> first question, Matt. The fastest 40-yard dash ever was set by John Ross, Bengals wide receiver, in 2017. 4.22 seconds. Right now, the under for that is at plus 200. The over is at minus 300. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm easily betting the over here. I would bet this all the way to 1,000. 
a 4.22 is really high. Chris Johnson obviously had the mark of 4.24. He set that in 2008, and it took uh, you know a decade basically for someone to beat his mark. And the bigger thing with this class is that there just aren't like the speed guys that we've seen previously. Like there's no John Ross in this class. Maybe the closest we would come to it was Marquise Brown, but he's out with a Liz Frank injury, so he's not running. A lot of the other wide receivers are the big body type of guys who aren't really going to have the the capability to challenge a number like this. The running backs, I think there are some decent guys in this class, but none of them are kind of the burner type of guys. And then the cornerbacks, you know, there's there are some, you know, pretty respected cornerbacks in this class, but none that I think really has the potential to challenge a number like that. So I'm easily betting the over. And again, I, I would take it all the way to negative 1,000. Yeah, I feel like there's a little more hype last year with guys like Denzel Ward, Dante yeah. Jackson, potentially challenging that. And then we didn't even see anyone really break that 4.3 mark. So I'm with you there. All right. Highest vertical jump. The record was set in 2015 by Chiefs wide receiver Chris Conley. That's right. The Chiefs, like, fifth option on offense is one of the biggest combine freaks of all time. The over-under is 45 inches. The over is at plus 225 odds right now. The under is at minus 350. So similar leans on both ways of 40. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be the guy who's always going to bet against history being made. So <laughs> I'll, I'll bet the under. I mean, I should say, though, I mean, the record is held by another guy too. cornerback Donald Washington also uh, hit that mark in 2009. Byron Jones hit 44.5 in 2015. So like there are some clusters there of guys getting pretty close to that mark. So it wouldn't be a huge surprise if someone broke it. So I'm, I'm not quite as, uh, I guess, pessimistic on the possibility of someone doing it this year, but I would still bet no in terms of a record being broken here, and I would bet that all the way to negative 600. Good points all around. All right, you mentioned this guy already, but next prop, longest broad jump. Uh, The record was set in 2015 by Byron Jones, and we should mention this was a world record. It was not just the combine record. No one in the history of the planet has broad jumped further than Byron Jones. That was 12 feet, 3 inches. The over for this is plus 250. The under is minus 400. Matt, I'm I'm guessing you're taking a favorite again here. Yeah, I mean, there's. I would bet. I mean, I'll say conservatively, I would bet this to uh, you know minus a thousand. Really, like I'd bet it to like minus two thousand. Like (laughs) just like break the record. He obliterated the combine record. Jamie Collins uh, had the record at the time in uh, in 2015 when Byron Jones did it. Jamie Collins in 2013 hit 11 feet seven inches. And like, I mean, he just Jones just destroyed that record. Another guy since then has come and gotten 11 feet, nine inches, but he's still six inches short of uh, Byron Jones's mark. So, I mean, there's just, there's no way that someone does it. I mean, maybe, but like, we just, we haven't heard about someone being hyped with that kind of athleticism. Like normally you see these guys coming before the combine, you get a sense, like agents start to say, oh, this guy's going to challenge for the 40 yard dash or whatever it is. Like we're just not hearing the hype surrounding any guy. So yeah, easily I'm betting no. Yeah, I was surprised to see uh, that that minus 400 mark wasn't significantly higher because I consider this kind of the toughest record to break among this group. The next one actually has the highest under uh, big on it. Most bench presses, most reps of 225 pounds. The record was set by former Bears defensive tackle. We jumped around a little bit to the Cowboys, a couple other squads. But Stephen Paya uh, set this way back in 2011. Unfortunately, couldn't quite get 50, but man, the guy got 49. That's more than anyone else can say. So over for that is plus 325 and under 49 reps is minus 550. 
Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to be the Grinch and, and bet the under here. But I mean, 49 reps, that is so impressive. But, you know, the guy uh, who is second place in combine standing, Mitch Petrus, has 45. Like, there's a pretty significant difference between 45 and 49. And then, like, the difference after Petrus, like, you know, I think the next guy after Petrus maybe has like 43 or something like that. I mean, like, it, it tails off a little bit. So yeah, that, that mark of 49 is just such an outlier. It's not quite as impressive as Byron Jones' broad jump, but it is still pretty impressive. So yeah, I would say I would bet that to minus 1,000. Yeah, I used to feel pretty good about my uh, high school 225 reps back in the day, and then you see 49, it's like, good Lord. What, what but, was uh, it, Ian? What was it? Oh, my all-time prime, I think I got 12, so about a fourth of uh, what Stephen Pay was able to do. That's that's pretty minutes. good. That's maybe like a half of Darren Sproles. It's probably half of uh, Jonathan Bales as well, so yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, last one we got here for the records. Fastest 60-yard shuttle over under is 10.71 seconds. That was set by Eagles wide receiver Shelton Gibson back in 2017. This is probably the – I believe it is the closest uh, kind of odds on both sides. Yeah. The under for this is plus 140. I'm sorry, the over for this is uh, plus 140. The under is minus 180. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so it's a situation where I wouldn't say I'm staying away. Like, I'll still uh, bet the, the 180, but I wouldn't bet it more than, like, minus 250. So, like, this record has actually been broken in pro days. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a situation where, like, you could see some guy coming in and actually doing it. And uh, Shelton Gibson has the market 10.71. Brandon Cooks, before that, had the, the record at 10.72. Avante Maddox, a cornerback, hit that same mark last year. And, and then there are other guys who are clustered around there, around 10.75. So, like, you could see this record being broken at some point. In fact, I would expect, like, if not this year, within the next couple of years, this record will probably be broken. So I'll still take the under on it, but um, I'm not as vigorous in uh, wanting to bet on this. Yeah, it's definitely tighter at the top of the leaderboard than we saw with uh, bench or broad jump. All right, now we'll go look at a, little, a few more realistic props. Uh, these are still looking at some of these drills and the top performers, but we got uh, lines that aren't records, just more even uh, odds on both sides. So first one is, of course, a 40-yard dash. And the over-under for the fastest time at the combine is 4.29 seconds. The uh, fastest time last year was 4.32 seconds. We've only seen eight guys beat this time since 2006, so it would certainly be a blazing uh, time for someone to beat. Matt, is anyone going to top 4.29 seconds? Uh, I mean, the thing is, I think this is a pretty decent line. So, yeah, as you said, uh, eight guys have had a 4.28 or faster over the last 13 years. So, you know, like you would expect to see someone be able to hit that mark around 50 to 60% of the time. And I, I think I should say, like, I would maybe expect someone to be able to do it given that like we're seeing more underclassmen and that might sound like a random thing to say, but like we're seeing more guys who are high caliber athletes entering the NFL sooner. So you would maybe think we could see someone hit it, but I think that's a pretty good line. Like I'll, I'll pass on it. You know what I mean? Like it deserves to be mentioned, but I think that's a good line. I'll pass. Yeah, I agree. That is a good line. This other one's a pretty good line too for the vertical jump. We're looking at 43 and a half inches. Uh, you mentioned before there's been guys uh, up there with Conley, not exactly a record that has one guy at the top and no one else is close. Last year, we had a four-way tie for first at 41 and a half, so no one was within two inches, but we have seen five guys beat this mark since 2006. What are your thoughts here, Matt? Are you going to pass again? 
Yeah, I'm going to pass. And so as you mentioned, five guys in the last 13 years have surpassed the mark. Another four have hit 43.5 exactly. Another three have been right under that at 43. So we would expect to see someone get very close to this. So I'll, I'll stay away. All right. Our last one is the bench press. Our over under is set of 40 here. Matt, you like this one more than the other ones, huh? Yeah, I do. I would bet the over. I wouldn't go too heavy on it, but I think I'd go all the way to minus 170. I think there is some actual value here in that, although it's hard for someone to get up to the record of 49 or even 40, it's not all that uncommon to see guys get over 40. Nine players in the past 13 years have had at least 41. We've had two more hit exactly 40. Like I would, I would bet that we see someone get there this year. Guys are getting faster, stronger. They're training more for the combine. So yeah, I would expect that we can see someone hit 40. I will say just I've looked at a bunch of different players, individual bench props, and it seems like in general the bench prop more than 40 and more than vertical is lower than I expected for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I think that's fair. One thing that like you notice is that so you do see some really dynamic NFL players at the top of some of these drills, you know, like 40 time, vertical jump, things like that. Bench press, it's like a whole bunch of like no names up there. You know, so like distinguishing yourself in the bench press doesn't mean that you're going to be someone who has NFL success. It just means that you're someone who expended a lot of effort to get really strong. You know what I mean? So like it's uh, so, yeah, it's not surprising to see. And also like like arm length is something that is kind of like underrated when it comes to the bench press. Arm length is something that is good for offensive linemen and defensive linemen but the longer their arms are, the harder it is for them to do bench presses. So it's this kind of situation where like maybe the bench press doesn't really mean what we think it means for NFL success. So it's not a surprise to see guys who are actually uh, very good NFL players actually not like distinguish themselves relative to other players at their position in the bench press. That said, of course, I'm going to be very excited about what happens in the in the bench press. You know, those offensive linemen, those offensive guards, especially those big defensive tackles. Yeah, I'm going to be rooting those guys on as they are pounding out those bench press reps with their huge muscular arms, which naturally leads me to the topic of erectile dysfunction. Uh, guys, have you ever been in a situation in which you were, you know, excited, but you couldn't really get fully excited? I know, me neither. But If that ever happens in the future, keep what I'm about to say in mind. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. And I've said this before, but you know, if you have ED, rubbing some dirt on it is in fact not going to help your situation. But there's an easier solution. You can get checked out by the doctors at Roman. Studies have shown 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and treated online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is go to GetRoman.com slash NFL pod, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA approved ED meds delivered to your door in unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Tackle your problem with Roman. It's really easy, so take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com. 
getroman.com slash NFL pod. That's getroman.com slash NFL pod for a free online visit. Getroman.com slash NFL pod. Ian, thank you for letting me just talk a little bit about uh, erectile dysfunction and ways to treat it by going to Roman, you know, cause who doesn't want to hear about that in the middle of a conversation about underwear Olympics. Let's get back to it. I will give you credit for that upbeat and excitement and the glow you had in that entire ad read. So great job doing that. You really uh, got to give it your all. You know, <laughs> you don't want a flaccid ad read. Oh my gosh, there it goes. All right, back to the combine like everyone wants. All right, so we looked at some kind of big, who's going to set the record in a specific drill and this, this and that. Now we're getting to specific players. And got to start with the one guy that's on top of everyone's mind, Kyler Murray. Most talked about player in college football, most talked about player in this combine. You know all these coaches, especially with him and Haskins, since they you know weren't seniors, weren't the senior bowl, they're going to be wanting to talk to them in the interview room and get all that done. But we also want to see what Murray can do the 40 in the vertical and how tall he is. So the only guy we can actually bet on how tall he is uh, <laughs> right. Kyler Murray. Matt, what are your thoughts with him? Yeah. So my thoughts are, well, just, we'll start with the height. You know, Oklahoma has been pretty insistent that he is over five, nine, just a shade under five ten. So uh, the line for him right now is five, nine. I will take the over there, but in terms of the other things, I will actually be a little bit surprised if he does any of the drills. I'll just say like, I don't think he's going to do the 40 yard dash. I don't really see what he has to do by doing the vertical jump or any of the other things. So I think he's probably going to sit out a lot of the on-field drills, which it's fine. We'll get all that stuff at his pro day. But if he does run, this will be something that I think is pretty interesting. He's five foot 10, 195 pounds. So small for a quarterback, obviously a dynamic runner in college, but he has gotten bigger. Uh, he's reportedly bulked up to 206 pounds. And when he was, you know, just a new transferee to Oklahoma, uh, he reportedly ran a 4.38 second hand time 40, which when kind of translated to an electronic time would be around a 4.43. So that already kind of puts him over. Uh, and then when you add on an additional, you know, we'll say 10 pounds, you would expect him to be even slower. So if he ends up running, I'm very easily betting on the over. Yeah, and especially those – I feel like the hand time is what you see a lot of pro days. And, yeah, definitely. You usually just want to add those five seconds to uh, any time that we don't have from an official NFL combine source. And very good points there on his weight as well. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't run either. I think the same thing happened with uh, Lamar Jackson last yeah. year. might just be easier for these quarterbacks to say, look at the tape, and no one can catch me on that. Why worry about putting a timeout there? But our next uh, quarterback is oh, not hey, – no, you know, One more. One more here. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I need to talk about the vertical jump. Forgot to do that because I again I doubt he's going to do this and with the added weight it's a little hard to know what he's going to do but uh, I would actually bet the over on 32 and a half inches obviously an explosive athlete in terms of rushing he averaged 7.2 yards per attempt it's a little bit hard to compare him to other guys just because of of the height but the guys that he's most comparable to guys like Pat White Russell Wilson Marcus Vick Seneca Wallace even like Romaro Miller who you know like no one remembers him but he's a guy who did the combine way back in the day all of those guys were over 32 and a half inches so I would bet the over there that was a fantastic comp group I was getting getting some good uh, college football memories from the Pat White days I mean yeah Pat White was fantastic different era yeah Steve Slayton, Noel Devine, they had some speed on that West Virginia field. but They did. All right, next quarterback will not be confused with any of those guys unless you're talking to Stephen A. Smith. 
Dwayne Haskins, the guy scored 62 points on Michigan. He did it with his arm, people. He's Urban Meyer's first pocket first, throw first quarterback, whenever, whatever you want to call it in recent memory, because the guy's got a great arm. But we're not here to bet on his arm. We're here to bet on Dwayne Haskins' athleticism. Matt, we got the 44 and we got the vertical jump. What are your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, so the over-under for the 40 is 4.8 seconds. And for the uh, vertical jump, it's 29 and a half. Uh, 29 and a half is kind of low. And considering that he's a tall guy, you know, like 6'2", 6'3", I think he has a pretty decent chance of hitting it. He doesn't have the reputation of being someone who's really athletic, but uh, even a lot of kind of of middle-of-the-road quarterbacks in terms of size and athleticism have been able to surpass 29 and a half. So I think he has a pretty decent chance of of doing it. The 4.8 seconds for the 40 time, I think is probably about right. I've also seen a number that's significantly lower, like around 4.71, and I would hammer the over on that. He's a guy who just is not really uh, that dynamic of a runner. There actually is a a pretty decent correlation between 40 time for quarterbacks and yards per rush. And Haskins has like a career mark of 1.9 yards per rush, which for quarterback is, is pretty low. So he's similar to guys like Josh Rosen. And so like if I had to take a side, I would still bet over 4.8 seconds. It wouldn't be surprising if he even like touched 4.9, but that that is pretty slow. But yeah, like he's not a speed guy. Someone who is that big, I would kind of expect to be a little bit over 4.8. Yeah, I agree. That vertical looks like the prop to take there if uh, either of them. All right, now we'll move on to running back. So the main guy, a lot of people might want to see Bryce Love, unfortunately tore his ACL. Uh, very late in the season. He will not be running. So the guy everyone's turned their focus to is Josh Jacobs. Bama had a running back kind of committee all season, so he wasn't uh, really their featured guy like we've seen in years past, but did a little bit of everything. Returned kicks, caught the ball, ran the ball effectively, and we're seeing him in the upper first, uh, in the upper half of the first round in some mock, mock drafts, I believe it or not. You know, do running backs matter or not? Still a question, but a lot of people think this Josh Jacobs guy is pretty good. With that said, he is dealing with a little bit of a groin injury. We're not positive he's going to run the 40, but we also have a bench press prop to worry about. Matt, what are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs? Yeah, uh, I'm fairly conflicted on him, just even in terms of like as a prospect. You know, one of the things that has proven predictive for running back production in the NFL when you're uh, projecting guys from college is just their production. And that normally correlates to, uh, you know, draft position and also uh, physical profile. Josh Jacobs wasn't really productive uh, in college, and you can explain it away given that he was playing with two other running backs who are pretty good in their own right. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to know what to do with him. Just in terms of size, he's comparable to guys that you would expect to run, let's say anywhere from like a 4.5 to like a 4.56. In high school, he did run a 4.4, but he was 200 pounds. Now he's around like 212 to 216 pounds. He did run a 4.5 at Alabama's 2017 spring workouts. So I don't know, given his size and what he ran last year in spring training, I would kind of expect him to be a little bit slower than 4.5, but I don't have a strong lane on it. And you mentioned this a little bit, uh, just a more general question. How do you normally uh, interpret and kind of lean towards those 
the high school numbers we get or, you know, and with Jacobs, he did have a registered time. I believe it was 2017 Alabama spring workouts where every now and then the university just releases a time. I mean, do you take that for truth or kind of do the five second rule? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I pay attention to, to what guys did as recruits entering college, just because I kind of want to have that information. But if I can get a number from spring workouts, that tends to be more reliable because we just get a a stronger sense of what a guy's athleticism is, you know, right now, or at least what it was before the last season that he played, where he's close to the same size that he is now. So it it does give us a pretty decent sense of what we might expect. But yeah, it's a hand-timed measurement. So I think you do add the 0.05 seconds to it to give you probably even a better sense of what he might do at the combine. Good stuff. All right, we'll move on to some wide receivers now. One of Draft Twitter's favorite prospects we got on deck now, DK Metcalf. He has the physique of a Greek god, kind of took over Twitter with a picture he had where just kind of shirtless hanging around. But there's been a lot of debate surrounding his 40 time. I mean, he, he certainly looks the part of a top prospect. He's flashed plenty on the field, but we don't know how fast he is. Uh, how fast do you think he is, Matt? Oh, man. Um, There are people who are really into grinding tape on Twitter who think he's going to run like a 4.4. And I mean, I want to bet. I literally want to bet those people. (laughs) I have like I've sent them messages being like, hey, like if you believe this, like totally cool. I'm not trying to troll you. But like, let's bet on this. Like you can invest in what you believe and I can invest in what I believe. And like, you know, we can cut out the middleman of like, you know, any sports book, but uh, no, people aren't interested in it. So the thing is, Metcalf is listed at like 6'4", 230 pounds. And obviously, you know, you've seen the picture on Twitter of him just looking totally jacked. There is no way that guy weighs only 230 pounds. Like I would expect him to be around 235, maybe 240 when he shows up at the combine, which puts him in kind of like Mike Evans or Kelvin Benjamin type of territory as just like, like his body, you know, but there's like a pretty widespread there that you see, like on one hand, you have Kelvin Benjamin who ran like, I think a 4.69. And then on the other hand, you have Mike Evans who ran like a 4.53, right? Both of those are really good times for someone of that size, but like that still doesn't get you to 4.5. So, like, it's possible that he is just, like, an extraordinary physical player who has this ability to run faster than most guys, even when he's bigger than them. But it's just kind of hard for me to believe in that. Uh, So even if he has a time of only 4.52 or something, that will be amazing given his size. But I'm still going to bet on the over. Everyone, if you did not catch that, that is Matt's favorite prop of the day. He is offering it out to strangers online and trying to take their money. No, over, no, over not at 4.5. When there are people who are bold enough to say he's going to run a 4.4, I'm like, okay, I will bet against that. Like, I will, I will bet against that. I think I might have even seen a single tweet that said the 4.3 word, but I, I, I don't want to get that, that. That's that is Calvin Johnson level. Uh, you know, like seriously, like Megatron was. 6'5", 239 pounds, and ran a a 4.35 wearing someone else's track shoes. Like literally someone else's shoes. You know, so it's like that is uh, like otherworldly type of athleticism that we should not expect to see in other people. Like if we see it, they are outliers, but we shouldn't expect it. Agreed. Do not do not take Calvin Johnson as a what your average wide receiver will be. 
All right, our next receiver isn't quite uh, the physical type of specimen as Metcalf, but a lot of people, including you, because he's your number one ranked player in your way too early uh, dynasty rankings, think he might just be the best receiver in his class. Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. I mean, you watch the guy play and he catches anything thrown his way. Pretty much the one negative you can kind of bring up, though, from watching his film is he doesn't seem to have that kind of true field stretching speed that makes the scouts double take at their stopwatches. So his 40 yard over under right now is only 4.6 seconds, which seems low for one of the draft's top uh, wide receivers, but maybe it's not. What do you think here, Matt? Yeah, that's it's slow. I'll be honest, you know, but he was a five star recruit going into college. Um, he didn't do anything in college that would make you think this guy doesn't have physical capabilities like a like a, a baseline, an NFL baseline average of physical capabilities. He had two 1,000-yard receiving seasons. He scored touchdowns as a receiver, a rusher, a punt returner. You don't normally see wide receivers who are 6'4", playing some as a punt returner, but uh, he did it a little bit and had some success doing it. I don't think he's going to be particularly fast, but I think he's fast enough. And I think that gives him something that's faster than 4.6. Like, I think he will be a low-end first-round pick or high-end second-round pick. And most of those guys end up breaking the 4.6 mark. So I, I expect him to, uh, to hit the under. Yeah, some of these props I've seen where it's you, you kind of have a tough time deciding either way. I do tend to side with these athletes that have pretty much been top five recruits since they were in high school. I mean, you just know they've kind of been getting the best uh, training throughout their life. And, they, you know, maybe you can think they've been a little more focused on it than the next best player might be. So if you see someone popping on one of those top 10 combine freak lists, not a bad guy to take the under on. Yeah. All right, now we'll go over the defensive side of the ball. First guy definitely has the best – name of any cornerback in the draft might even be the best cornerback in the draft that's greedy williams from lsu the only kind of question with him though he's a great lockdown man corner but is he a patrick peterson level freak what do you think about his 40 time here the over under set at 4.36 seconds yeah that is really aggressive and uh you were the one who who wrote the piece on him and did the research on him and so i'd like to to hear your thoughts on him but 4.36 for a guy who is 6'3 that is pretty aggressive. Like those taller guys, it's just harder for them to run that fast. Now he's 184 pounds. So I would expect that like a shutdown man corner who's 184 pounds, I would think that that guy would have a shot of hitting 4.36. The fact that he's 6'3", like that, that just really complicates it. I would bet the over. And then also like I want, I want your sense of um, his high school 40 time versus his college 40 time. Because there's a, a pretty big discrepancy there. But what are your thoughts? So first thing with the size, what I found interesting, yeah, he's six foot three. That was the first thing that popped out for me as well. I looked at a pro football reference. We've only had six players, six foot three or taller, run a 40 in 4.36 seconds or faster over the years. Pretty much all those guys have been Taylor Mays, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson. They've been bigger guys that weigh at least 210 pounds or so. We're talking super freaks. I mean, you can run that fast. You are a super freak. I mean, the only other guy we've kind of seen do it under 200 pounds was DJ Chark, who was actually a Greedy's teammate last year. And even he was 199 pounds. So if you're 184 pounds, I just think it's tough to generate that much kind of force to run that fast in general. And that's kind of what we've seen. But yeah, so I was asking you about these uh, 40 times earlier. The one thing I have found is I think these ESPN times are significantly slower 
than yeah. uh, some of these other scouting services. Because, yeah, according to ESPN, I believe Williams was clocked at 4.7 in high school. And now OSU coaches are saying, you know, he's easily in the 4.3s. Uh, so, you know, I'm definitely leaning towards the 4.3 side of things. I don't think a cornerback as good as him is touching 4.7 range by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I, I did see with some other prospects where their ESPN time was, uh, you know, 5.2 for alignment, and they got down to within a 4.8, 4.9 for the combine. So it's definitely not unheard of to see these guys top their uh, times by, you know, by even a half a second from high school to the draft. So something to keep an eye on, but I'm with you. I don't think he can touch that time. Yeah. So for someone who's 6'3 to run a 4.36 or sorry, to, to run under a 4.36, like that is someone who has to have, you know, like quote unquote kind of generational athleticism. And I'll just, I'll bet against that. Even if he is a very good cornerback, which I expect him to be, I think he will be a top five selection. I still wouldn't expect him to have that kind of speed. Yeah, I'm with you. And this is a thing where if maybe we've been hearing about Greedy's generational speed ever since high school from day in, day out, maybe be a different story, but it's not really been the case. He's been known as a great corner and everything, but not necessarily your biggest freak on LSU. That honor might actually go to our next guy, Kevin White. Oh my goodness. Look, as a, as a past linebacker, I mean, I, I love the position more than any other. And oh my gosh, like Devin White does everything you want a football player to do. Guy can cover, defend the run. He can rush the passer at a high level. I mean, he is the definition of a sideline to sideline linebacker. But the question is how that translates to athleticism. I mean, because on film, he looks like one of the fastest guys on the field. But we don't know if that would be the case for the combine. His 40 time is over under 4.55 seconds. His bench press is at 24 he might pass though. What are your thoughts on this? I like him. I'm I'm very bullish on him. I think he will be selected, you know, maybe top 10. I would say certainly top half of the draft. Um, he should be the first off-ball linebacker off the board. He's a physical freak just in terms of his athleticism. Um, he's like 240 pounds, but he can run like a running back. In high school, he was timed at 4.49. And granted, he was a little bit lighter then, but that was timed by lasers. So I would expect him to be able to surpass 4.55. So definitely bullish on him there. And then on the bench, I would expect him to be very strong there. So uh, 23 and a half is the over-under, and I would take the over. I mean, I don't really have anything to say there about why I would take the over, just except like I'm I'm expecting like peak athleticism from him and just the way he plays, like he is a very just a very strong player. So I would think twenty-four is something that's possible for him. Yeah, I'm with you. I couldn't find much on his uh bench press history, but someone that explosive, it's hard to uh not back that. And yeah, I'm happy you said laser because a lot of these 40 times you just kind of see a list at the bottom of a recruiting profile for white. I mean, he went to the opening, which is pretty much the biggest high school uh, yeah. kind of event you can go to ran a four, four, nine laser 40. And he got the fourth longest powerball throw, which is kind of their replacement for the bench press there. So we know the guy is strong as hell. And uh, I thought it was worth noting that he was around 240, 250 pounds in high school as well. I mean, this isn't a situation where we got to kind of wonder about a big weight change. He's more or less just chiseled out since he's been at LSU. So, I'm with you there. This is, I think if you're going to pound some uh, props and root on an athlete, it might be Devin White. All right, next player, Nick Bosa, arguably the best overall player in the entire draft, especially in my hometown Columbus, Ohio opinion. Only played three games his senior year. That's all he needed to. He he had to undergo sports hernia surgery, but the guy did so much during his initial years on campus. Everyone knows how good he is. 
But the question is, can he be more athletic than his brother Joey? Because I don't know if there's a more controversial player in that draft class than Joey Bosa. It seemed like he started off as kind of the consensus number one prospect, like his brother Nick Bosa. But then a rough combine, you know, didn't exactly help him out throughout the rest of the process. Ended up going third, but, I mean, it was a rough stretch for Joey, and even he kind of went out on Twitter and was confused by it. So, Matt, do you see a similar thing happening with Nick where maybe he underwhelms a little bit at the combine? No, I mean, I think he's going to be pretty solid. And right now I think he's the consensus number one prospect. I mean, I should say like the defensive line in general, I think is the strength of this draft class. Um, So there should be, you know, a few players to uh, really keep an eye on at the combine. But for Bosa, you know, he's a big guy just kind of in general, but for an edge rusher, uh, he is a little bit on the smaller side. Like you'd maybe like some guys who maybe be like 270 something like he's 263. Like he he's big enough, but he's not, he's not huge where you think, Oh, this guy can't run the 40. That said, the 40 isn't really all that important for uh, edge rushers and defensive linemen. You know, people talk about like bend with edge rushers and, and like how important that is. And different numbers, like the three cone drill tends to be a little more significant for edge rushers. And, uh, you know, kind of like explosive type of drills, like the uh, the vertical jump and the broad jump. But uh, for the 40, his over-under is 4.65, which for a guy who is 6'4 and 263 pounds, that would be pretty fast. I think Bosa is explosive, but I don't think he's particularly fast. Like, I don't think that is necessarily like his strong suit. Um, he's a very good, like versatile edge rusher. That doesn't mean that he has to be fast he can still have good athleticism without being fast. And so I would expect him to hit the over. Like 4.65 is just a really aggressive mark in general. I would expect him, though, to hit the over on his bench press, which is 24. Just a very strong guy in general. And defensive linemen of his size have generally been able to surpass that mark. Uh, So if I had to take a shot on him, I would do it with the bench press. Yeah, good points there, and especially like what you're saying, 40-yard dash, these defensive linemen are almost never in their entire career going to run 40 yards in a straight line on the field. Uh, as Action Network's own resident offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz said, his top three drills when evaluating line play are the 10-yard split in the 40 to kind of see how fast they get out of the gate, along with the short shuttle and the three-cone drill. So good points there. The next edge rusher we're going to look at, Josh Allen. No, not the quarterback. We're talking about Kentucky's defensive end. Did himself a big-time favor by coming back as a senior. You know, really excelled in the SEC at Kentucky. Uh, showed a little bit more ability to potentially play off the ball, but I mean, he's getting drafted as a potential top-ten pick because of his ability to get after the passer. Only question is, you know, he's not your Nick Bosa sturdy defensive end type of defensive end. He's a lengthier, six foot four, six foot five, in the two hundred thirty to two hundred fifty pound range. Matt, how do you think he'll test out in the 40-yard dash and in the bench press? Well, just as a side note, can you imagine if quarterback Josh Allen had returned for his senior season and we're in this scenario with the draft where, like, there are two Josh Allens who are, like, going in the top five? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Because that, that would absolutely be a prop bet to see which Josh Allen is drafted higher and it'd probably be even odds. Yeah, it would have been a prop bet for sure. Yeah, so Josh Allen, as you mentioned, a little bit lighter than Nick Bosa and you see that reflected in the over under for his 40 time which is 4.6 which is still I think pretty aggressive for someone like Allen who I think is probably more like 4.65 4.7 I think he's very dynamic but he was a two-star recruit 
who transferred into Kentucky. Like those guys just tend not to have a lot of speed. And he was a little bit of a late bloomer just in terms of his development as a pass rusher, which I think means that he probably wins more with technique than he does with just like overwhelming athletic ability. So I would expect him to be slower than 4.6 seconds, but his over under uh, for the bench press is 22 and a half. I would expect him to be able to surpass that just given his size. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought that 40-yard dash was a little bit uh, high for someone as big as he is, and that bench press number is a bit low in that same vein. All right, last defensive line we're going to look at, Rashawn Gary. I talked before about, you know, you want to target those guys that are listed on the top combine freak list. This is Rashawn Gary. Yeah. He, was number one, he was number one player in the 2016 recruiting class. I mean, he's been on everyone's radar for pretty much the last half decade. I mean, he wasn't quite as dominant in Michigan as people would have liked. But look, I mean, he was getting double team, triple team. The guy's legit. He's going to be a first-round pick, but he can be a top 10 pick if he blows up this combine. Biggest thing to keep in mind with, with him here is that we're going to talk about some lofty props. And this guy is six foot five and 280 pounds. But he can move. Matt, what are your thoughts on Gary's props? Man, he, he is physically impressive, and he's been that way since he was a recruit. Like, people have known that he's just like – he's a known entity as someone who is just like an amazing athlete. And the thing is, his athleticism has never really translated into a lot of on-field production, and, and there are ways to, you know, to account for it. Um, he was getting double-teamed and triple-teamed a lot – um, he did move around the defensive line a lot. There were questions about, because of his size, he's 6'5", 280 pounds. Sometimes he was an edge rusher. Sometimes he was playing on the interior as a, you know, a defensive tackle. So there were questions about what is he going to do in the NFL? And I think what happens at the combine will probably dictate how it is that teams think about uh, how they want to use him. But man, his, his over-under for the 40 is 4.65, which even admitting that this is a guy who has world-class athleticism there is no way I am taking the under on a guy who is 283 pounds to go under 4.65 seconds like there's just like he might he might be a great athlete you know but he could still be a great athlete and not get 4.65 seconds so I'm just I'm going to bet against the outlier if he hits 4.65 seconds he is one of the most athletic players in the NFL, you know, like just entering the league, one of the most athletic players. And I'm just not going to bet on someone being a top three, top five type of athlete in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's a real fair take. And look, that number does come from evidence that we got a couple of years ago, Michigan, when we were talking about these, some, some teams hold spring workouts and Gary posted a 4.57 40 yard dash, according to the University of Michigan which was faster than all their running backs at that same event. So I'm a little bit curious about how, how that line could possibly be that high as well. The only people since 2000 that have weighed at least 275 pounds and broken that number are Will Smith, who got a 4.6, and Marcus Hunt, who got a 4.62. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Gary can do it, but he's going to be entering rarefied territory if he does. Uh, any thoughts on his bench before we move on? Oh, I mean, I would, I would expect the over. It's 30.5 which is aggressive. Like that's a very respectable number, but at the same time, like this is someone who is very strong, who had the versatility to play all over the defensive line. And uh, as you pointed out in his write-up, he had 26 reps as a freshman. 
you know, and uh, he's added some weight, added some strength. I would expect him to be able to go over 30. Yeah, always interesting with these super athletes. I mean, the 40 time is pretty much historically amazing level. The bench press time, it's like if he gets 31, I think people are going to say, oh, good job, you know. But if he runs a 4.6, people are going to be losing their minds. So, yeah. All right, that's it for our player props, but we're not done yet because we got two more miscellaneous props, first of which run, Rich, run. Every year, Rich Eisen runs a 40-yard dash, uh, donates money to St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital. Everyone else should go do the same. It's a fantastic charity fantastic concept and he does a great job raising money for that but we're gonna try to raise some money for ourselves also with this because we can bet on it people so i spent far too much time uh deciphering just how good rich eisen is at running 40s this week his fastest ever is 5.94 seconds now i've seen over unders this week at six seconds and at 5.95 seconds i can tell you right now if you get 5.95 Rich Eisen will not beat that. He is running slower than 5.95 seconds. You can mark yeah. that on the board. He's had nine runs since he went away from the dress shoes. The average has been 6.05 seconds, and only three of those runs have broke uh, six seconds. So I'm inclined to take over six seconds as well, but especially over 5.95 seconds. Uh, last year was at 5.97. So, I mean, it's not like he hasn't broken the six-second barrier in a few years, but – I mean, if you're going under 5.95, you're predicting Rich to just completely ball out. And he, look, he did say on his television show he's been taking this seriously. He's been training, really working on the get out. But I'm sorry, Rich, you're aging, man. You know, I, I don't think you can do it. So hope you prove me wrong. Yeah. Uh, 5.95 is ludicrous. It is very aggressive. I would easily bet the over on that. The one thing uh, that does give me some pause about six is that, uh, you know, like, yeah, as you mentioned in the quote unquote footwear era, he does have a 6.05, but he has gotten progressively faster. So over the past five years, he's averaged just around a six. Uh, over the past three years, it's been 5.98. And then last year, he did have a 5.97. So I think he, he is training. He does take it as seriously as someone, I think, can take something that is a joke, <laughs> you know, but um the six, I, I, I'll pass at that because I, I can see how he, uh, how he would beat it because he has beaten it in two of the past three years. But uh, yeah, uh, if it's 5.95, easily, I'm taking the over there. Six seconds is definitely the right line for this great and charitable competition. Yeah. All right, our last prop of the day. If you guys like college basketball, you surely saw Zion Williamson burst out of his Nikes last week. I was lucky enough to fade Duke that night, so I felt pretty good about my bet about a minute into the game. So good news there. And guess what? We can keep betting on that event because there is a prop where you can pretty much bet will a prospect burst out of their Nike shoes this week at the combine. Matt, are we going to see history happen twice in one week? No. So these <laughs> these are the types of props that uh, I I live for. Like these exotic types of props where people like they're they're very topical like they're based on something that like just kind of happened so i think people tend to they tend to have these biases that lead them astray so like there's recency bias that plays into this there's selection bias that plays into this like if this had recently happened with like a d2 athlete maybe people would notice on twitter and it'd be like oh whoa what a freak accident but because it happened with the guy who's going to be the number one draft pick this summer you know, in the NBA draft, people are going to kind of give this more weight than they should. Um, but the odds are like, so will a player's Nike shoe break apart? 
yes plus 600, no minus 1,000. So that minus 1,000, based on the implied probability, suggests that there's a 90.9% chance that someone's Nike shoe won't blow out at the combine, which just seems absurd. Like this isn't the type of thing that happens every day. It hardly ever happens. And it's not as if all of these guys are going to be wearing Nikes anyway. Like a number of them are going to be wearing other brands, right? And then like this happened with a basketball player wearing basketball shoes. Uh, The only other time I found something like this happening was Manu Ginobili in 2014. And then before him, Calvin in the movie Like Mike in 2002, (laughs) right? Like notice the trend, all basketball players. There's just something different, I think, about like the motions that a basketball player makes on the court. Like those are different than what we're going to be seeing out of prospects wearing cleats, running on turf. You know what I mean? So uh, I think easily bet uh, no on this. Like I would bet this to minus 2000. Like, I mean, like if money weren't an issue, like I would literally bet this to minus 5000. You know what I mean? It's just like, but it's, it's not worth it. But yeah, like as something to, to track just for fun, easily, I would, I would bet the no on this. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Ian, do you have thoughts on, on props like this? I just wanted to point out, I thought the best part of your breakdown on this was the point that it has to be a Nike shoe. I mean, I'm just imagining a scenario where a guy blows out of his shoe at the combine, everyone waits for the close up, and we get an Adidas shoe and betters go right. wild. But I mean, yeah, we'll see if anyone joins the hollowed uh, group of Zion Williamson, Monty Ginobili, and Lil Bow Wow. But oh man, it, it'd be something else. I'm almost rooting for it to happen again, just uh, the sheer uh, how crazy that would be. But oh man, I usually. Uh, it's tough for me uh, with my minute bankroll right now to really consider anything at these minus 1,000 odds, but I'm with you, man. If money was limitless, I'd bet this up to minus 5,000. Really, you couldn't put it high enough. Yeah. It's, I, and so the weird thing is you're put in this situation where you're rooting on literally nothing to happen. <laughs> You know, and and like, that's how it is with these, like, oh, will uh, a combine record be broken? It's like, no, like, I'm just going to bet basically no on some freak thing not happening. But that means that I'm basically rooting on nothing to happen, which is kind of like a very boring place to be. You know, it doesn't make sweating something that you actually do. Like, you're just like staring at the combine, watching these guys run, sweating something that isn't likely to happen. You know what I mean? I think you're looking at this wrong, man. Like any, every step a player takes that they don't burst out of their shoes, you can be <laughs> right. cheering for them. So, yeah, that's but nah, true. I, I see what you're saying when they're this absurd. I mean, it's like, if it does happen, you're going to be the one guy that's kind of upset about it happening, but that's what makes gambling so great. Right. Yeah. I'm going to end up throwing stuff in my office. My wife is going to come downstairs and be like, what's going on? It's like <laughs> Rashawn Gary just tore his, he, he, he just tore his shoe. It's like, what does that mean? It means I lost literally tens of dollars. <laughs> you know, so oh my God. she's be expecting like some terrible family news. No, nah, it was just a Michigan defensive tackle that burst out of his Nikes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Ian, as more combine props are released, and uh, I would expect that some more probably will be released, we will be writing those up uh, with the regular amount of uh, due diligence <laughs> that, that they require. But anyway, so yeah, everyone be sure to, to keep an eye out at Action Network for all of those pieces. And then of course, be sure to keep an ear out for our uh, Alliance podcast, which will be coming out later this week. 
But for this episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast, that is going to do it. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. Subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. For Ian, I am Matthew Friedman, Matt at the Oracle. See you again next episode. Bye.